on CityCast Pittsburgh. The Dark Skies movement sounds like the next noir Batman flick. It's not, but it does involve bats and birds. Pittsburgh is the latest city to join the movement to go dark in an effort to reduce light pollution, which impacts everything from bird migration to our mental health. And it's something Carnegie Mellon professor and dark sky defender Diane Turncheck says you can address right now. It's Thursday, March 24th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So it started with me on the transition team for Bill Peduto. And while everybody else was talking about bike lanes, I was talking about light pollution. And it's unhealthy for people and bad for plants and animals. And solving that problem would save the city money. Uh, Steve Quick and I gave a light pollution 101 talk to the DOMI, the Department of Mobility and Infrastructure. And what it says is basically just don't waste light. Don't use more than you need. Don't shine light upwards towards the sky because it's not doing anybody any good. Can you describe what light pollution is and who is it a problem for, particularly here in Pittsburgh? All the cities on the East Coast have terrible light pollution. It's the unnecessary, annoying light up in the sky over the city, it causes what we call sky glow, which is the whole city has got a dome of white over it. And it it makes it so that you can't see the stars. The stars are still there. The Milky Way is still there above your head. You just can't see it. And so people have stopped looking up, stopped even bothering. And that's half the universe. We live in a 3D world, right? And people are just acting like it's a 2D world now. So reducing light pollution will make it healthier for people and it'll connect them to the rest of the universe. It'll, it'll make it so that they feel like they're part of a whole. Oh, I love that. And is that light impacting us as humans? Like how do forces like that manifest for, for me or you in our daily lives? It does mess with your circadian rhythms. Light at night, artificial light at night, even very low levels, like one lux, can change your hormonal balance because it inhibits melatonin production. And so you don't sleep as well. And that is connected to all sorts of things like cancer and diabetes and heart disease and obesity and mood disorders. And they've actually done studies with teenagers and artificial light at night that show that there are more incidences of depression. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a light sleeper, but sleep is so important to me and important for me getting like a a good start on my day. What about our flora and fauna? So like plants, animals, trees, rivers, if it affects me, I'm sure it affects them too. Every single thing we've studied (laughs) shows that there is not a good impact. Uh, Everything from algae in the rivers and fish, you would think underwater it wouldn't affect them, but it does. And trees, they leaf out too early because they're taking their cues from the sunlight changing as you go towards spring. And so the artificial light keeps tricking them into thinking it's spring already. And then 
makes it so that plants change when they flower, when they fruit, and then the animals that are dependent on them for food, that gets impacted. So there's a lot of changes. There's changes in migration, in predation, in foraging, and across the board. I think about fireflies. I mean, they mate by lighting up at night. And if it's already too light, they can't find their mates. Birds are a- attracted to the lit up buildings in a city and they swerve into a city land and then they're trying to forage and they can't find enough food and they get disoriented by the lights. And there are, I think in the U.S. alone, almost a billion birds a year die from light pollution. Really? So we started now. The Lights Out Pittsburgh is new this year. It's an effort run by Jonathan Rice at the Natural History Museum. And already this spring, twice as many building owners have decided to turn off their lights at night from midnight to 6 a.m. so that the birds won't be attracted into the city. That must be so exciting for you to see your work recognized like that. I think it's amazing. I think it's great. It just makes me very happy to see people finally getting on board. It's good news and people need good news right now. And so it has been spreading like wildfire, like this idea of dark skies. People are just catching on. They've been working on it for a dozen years. So it's one of those things where I've been struggling and struggling and struggling and all of a sudden it just clicked. As soon as you tell people about it, they look everywhere they look at night, they see bad lighting. They see the glary right in your face, blue white lights, car headlights that are horrible. And you can't unsee it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. So people are really getting on board. It just makes sense. Yeah. So the city, they're turning off their lights, but what about the street lights? Is that something we should be addressing too? If there were the proper controls on the streetlights, you could turn them on and off and dim them individually. So we're setting up to change out 40,000 streetlights. There are about 5,000 that were changed close to 10 years ago that we're not going to touch just yet, changed to LEDs. So we're going from high-pressure sodium vapor, which look kind of amber, to shielded, low-temperature, perhaps low wattage LEDs so the light won't go up towards the sky. It won't cross into your property, won't shine in people's windows. And that probably won't start for another six months or so. How much will it cost to change out 40,000 streetlights? Well, you can't just change the bulb. You have to change the whole arm because LEDs are a completely different technology than the lights that are in there right now. I think the city earmarked 15 or $16 million from the recent government money that they got from the American Rescue Plan, the stimulus check that the city will be getting from the federal government. Is there a balance to that? How much it costs versus cost savings over time, like in the long run? Uh, the city will save millions of dollars, over a million dollars a year, which means that in 15 years, they will be making money, basically, from not overspending money on light. Duquesne Light owns the poles, and we rent the poles from them. So it's a little more complicated than just a straight contract. So they're in negotiation now. 
I know initially there were some concerns about the lighting company in charge of all these installations. It's called the Efficiency Network, or 10. They're owned by the same parent company, though, as Duquesne Light. And there was some concern that the million-plus in potential savings will be dependent on a contract negotiated between them both. Do you know where that conversation stands? Uh, Grant Irvin, who's the who was the resiliency officer for the city of Pittsburgh, um, I brought up that concern to him. And he personally told me, really, Diane, that is not an issue. They are a separate holding company. There is no collusion going on. He was in the thick of it, and I think I trust his understanding. However, I believe they're in a lawsuit now to about that exact thing. And that's why instead of the lights starting maybe in a month or two, it's going to be six months before any contracts are signed. Are you worried at all that it could get in the way of what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to do? No, I'm kind of glad there's a delay. I, I'm not quite ready yet with what I want. I want a city map from above of the lights at night in Pittsburgh before and after the change. And I haven't secured funding yet. (laughs) So I have a helicopter company standing by that's Navajo Helicopter, local here in Pittsburgh, and they have their fleet of helicopters. They're all set up to do this. They do it for movie productions and they're ready to go. They gave me $17,500 quote and I just have to raise that. Um, so I'm I'm not sad that things are taking long. With the change of administration and so many people leaving, I feel like I really have to start all over again educating the politicians who are making these decisions. And it is at the mayoral level. All across the country, it's at the mayoral level. The Sierra Club has a template on their website, tell your mayor about street lights <laughs> and you can just like go there and fill in your name and it'll find your mayor for you and hit send. So if everything goes well, are there cities or other places you're hoping Pittsburgh can sort of emulate, you know, places where a dark sky ordinance has made a significant impact? Out west, there are cities that have changed their street lights to LEDs. Some use they use different temperature LEDs. The International Dark Sky Association, which is based in Tucson, recommends using 2200 Kelvin LEDs, which will look kind of the same as the amber-colored lights that we have now. And out west, where there's a lot of telescopes, they've done a really good job of keeping the city lights from traveling up into the sky. Not Las Vegas, which has the highest brightest pixel on the planet with the Luxor beam. (laughs) But on the East Coast, people have started to become aware of this. DC is looking into putting in some dark sky ordinances. Massachusetts has something on the books now that they're voting on through the Senate and the House. Pennsylvania, uh, Senator Carolyn Comitas, who's in Chester County on the other side of the state, is considering calling a Senate hearing on the issue and trying to get it for the whole state. So the way to do this is to have the government do it first, lead by example, the people, and then change ordinances for everybody else. And these ordinances only only go into effect 
when you do construction or do some large renovation involving over 10 lights. So the dark sky ordinances for Pittsburgh, they're not only to change out the 40,000 streetlights, but they're also for the zoo and the National Aviary and Phipps Conservatory because they're sitting on city property. So anytime they make, they put in a new building or any park or facility or playground in the city, they have to follow the dark sky ordinances. So nothing is happening like immediately. The sky's not darkening instantly. But over the years, this will really make an impact. Yeah, so I guess as you're crusading for the city and to get our surrounding communities to participate, is there anything you'd recommend regular Pittsburghers do? Like, does it make a difference if I turn off my lights, put them on a timer? You know, what else could we be doing? Right. They can shield any lights they have so they don't go on other people's property. They can use lower wattage, like just the light you need. You don't have to blast like you're in a football field. And then lower temperature means like towards the yellow end of the spectrum. Like a lot of people have bug lights over their doors and that doesn't attract the the moths and insects, which means they are where they're supposed to be, which means bats can find them and they're they're doing their normal progression of, you know, nesting and mating and things. So if you also put your lights on a timer so that when you go to bed, they turn off or a dimmer motion sensors, people call them security lights. I call them insecurity lights because they are just blasting all night and you don't need that. But if you had them on a motion sensor, then if someone, you know, sneaky person's trying to come up into your yard, they'll go off. It's a bit more green than uh, having them be on all the time. There, there are a lot of people who call us, like I just got a call yesterday from someone who, this man is, this was on the news. I don't know if you saw this on Channel 11. There's a guy who lives in the city, but across the street is Ross Township, and he bought seven acres of property, and he cut down all the trees and has a bunch of vehicles, like 15 a day, big trucks coming in and out in a residential neighborhood and making a lot of noise, big, big metal containers, and it just looks terrible. And now he's put up bright lights shining in his neighbor's yards, and that's against nuisance ordinances. But the problem that we always have is enforcement. Nobody thinks of light as a pollution. And yet it is. It's the easiest pollution to fix because you just turn them off and it's gone. Right. (laughs) Instead of like having to send boats out in the ocean to scoop up microplastics. And clean up. Right. But it is a pollution and it should be enforced. And that's something that it never, almost never happens. People are like, there's bigger fish in the world than bigger fish to fry <laughs> than, um, <laughs> you know, than a few stray photons. But it's low-hanging fruit. That's the thing. It's so easy to fix. It's so easy. So I appreciate that the world has much bigger problems. But this one, it's easy and it's a feel-good thing because you can fix it like instantly and it saves you money and makes you healthier to fix it. So why wouldn't everybody? So turn off your lights, save the birds, get some better sleep, do better for yourself. Diane, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. (laughs) 
Senior producer Megan Harris here with a little more news to start your day. Hydropower is coming to Pittsburgh. Officials say that in a few years, eight locks and dams along the Allegheny, Monongahela, and Ohio rivers will generate enough power for 75,000 homes. Environmental groups and energy folks have been fussing at each other for years over projects like this, mostly in an effort to protect water quality and fish migration. But they seem to be getting along a little bit better now, especially since President Biden included some funding for stuff like this in his infrastructure plan. One environmentalist told the AP that dams are, quote, certainly better than coal. A Pittsburgh treasure is up for sale. Clavon's in the Strip District has been serving ice cream since it was a soda fountain and apothecary shop in 1923, almost a century ago. I'm kind of bummed I can't find it on Zillow yet. Y'all know real estate makes all of us really nebby. But apparently the sale comes with the building's historic designation, and Howard Hanna's got the listing if you're interested in learning more. And if you want to show some more support for the Dark Skies movement, consider turning off your outdoor lights with the rest of the world this Saturday. The global show of solidarity is called Earth Hour, and it asks people all over the world to limit their light usage between 8.30 and 9.30 p.m. anywhere you are. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. We hope you're loving the show. Please rate us and leave a review. It helps other folks like you find us too. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you soon. Yes!